Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will continue in the book of Revelations, and we are in now chapter 16 of the book of Revelations. And again, I will be using the NIV, the New International Version. And uh, once I finish with that chapter, then I will proceed into Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. And I will read from there because that is what will tell you what it's actually saying within uh, chapter 16, as I've been doing before, uh, because a lot of this is like an allegory, a story with a meaning, and then you also have symbolism and other things. And and I want to give the correct context uh, uh, because the book of Revelations, you can't, and a lot of, a lot of the other books in the Bible, uh, which there's 66 altogether in the Old and the New Testament, and um, so, so anyway, so, so that we we can have the right context uh, to be able to understand the Book of Revelations, because you can't read the Book of Revelations literally. You know, because a lot of it is very hard to understand. Plus, it also helps if you have, uh, if you study the church history and how things were. And remember, uh, the book of Revelation is John speaking to uh, his, I mean, the current church at his time, during his time, who were suffering and going through a lot of persecution. And so this is how the Lord had gave it to them. So, and this is what um, what helped them to overcome by being encouraged and all like that. Okay. So before I get started, I always like to read what the Bible is, and I uh, obtained this from Dr. Vodi Bakum. You can find him on YouTube, and if you go into your search engine and put. Uh, Vodi Bakken Ministries, it'll pull it up, and you can follow him and all that. But he's on YouTube everywhere, and it's just one of the YouTube uh, instructions that he was giving. And so he gave that, so he gave this of uh, uh, what the Bible is, so we can, why we can rely on the Bible. Okay, here we go, the Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 books, a span of 1,500 years, in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, uh, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's why we can trust the Bible, plus there's, with all those witnesses, too, at the same time. Okay, let's begin in Revelation chapter 16. You can find it, that will be the last book in the New Testament. And again, I will be using the NIV just to make it um, simple to understand. All right. Uh, chapter 16, and the title on this is The Seven Bowls of God's Wrath, starting at verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The f uh, um, verse 2, The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and 
worship its image, verse, uh, verse 3. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person, and every living thing in the sea died. Verse 4, the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers of the springs of water, and they became blood. Verse 5, then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, you are just in these judgments, O holy one. You who are and who were, verse 6, for they have shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve, verse 7. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and, and just are your judgments. Verse 8, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch people with fire. Verse 9, they were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over their, these plagues. But they refused to repent and glorify him. Verse 10, the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony, verse 11, and cursed God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. But they refused to repent of what they had done, verse 12. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and this water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Verse 13, then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of false prophet. Verse 14, they are demonic spirits that perform signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Verse 15, look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays away who stays awake and remains close so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed, verse 16. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. Verse 17, the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, it is done. Verse 18, then there came flashes of lightning, rumbling, peals of thunder and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it had has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. Verse 19, the great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. Verse 20, every island fled away and the mountains could not be found. Verse 21, and this is the last verse. From the sky, huge hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds, fell on people, and they cursed God on account of the plagues of hell because the plagues were so terrible. And that ends that chapter. Okay, now let me switch to Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. And I will begin now. Chapter 16, and it gives seven parts here. Uh, number one, the first vial poured on the earth, verses one through two. Number two, the second vial poured on the earth, the sea. 
uh, um, excuse me, the second vial poured on the sea, verse 3. Number 3, the third vial poured on the rivers and fountains of water, verses 4 through 7. 5, I mean 4. The fourth vial is poured on the sun, verses 8 through 9. 5, the fifth vial is poured on the throne of the beast, verses 10 through 11. Verse 6. I mean, uh, number six, the sixth vial is poured on the river Euphrates, verses 12 through 16. And number seven, the seventh vial is poured in the air, verses 17 to 18. Okay, let's begin reading. The first vial is poured on the earth. Uh, it's poured out on the earth. The second on the sea. The third on the rivers and fountains, verses 1 through 7. The fourth on the sun, the fifth on the seat of the beast, verses 8 through 11. The sixth on the great river Euphrates, verses 12 to 16. And the seventh on the air, when shall, when shall follow the destruction of all anti-Christian enemies, verses 17 through 21. Uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. We are to pray that the will of God may be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Here is a succession of terrible judgments of providence. And providence means uh, um, what God's doing. And there seems to be an allusion to several of the plagues of Egypt. The sins were alike, and so were the punishments. The vials refer to the seven trumpets, which represented the rise of Antichrist and the fall of the enemies of the church shall bear some resemblance to their rise. All things throughout their earth, their air, their sea, their rivers, their cities, all are condemned to ruin, all are cursed on account of the wickedness of that people. No wonder that angels who witness or execute the divine vengeance on the obstinate haters of God, of Christ, and of holiness, praise his justice his justice and truth, they adore his awful judgments when he brings upon cruel persecutors the tortures the torturers they made his saints and prophets suffer. Chapter sixteen, verses eight through eleven. The heart of man is so desperately wicked that the most severe miseries never will bring any to repent apart from the special grace of God. Hell itself is filled with blasphemies and though and those are ignorant of the history of human nature, of the Bible, and of their own hearts, who do not know that the more men suffer and the more plainly they see the hand of God in their sufferings, the more furiously they often rage against Him. Let sinners now seek repentance from Christ and the grace of the Holy Spirit, or they will have the anguish and horror of an unhumble, impenitent, and des desperate heart. Thus adding to their guilt and misery through all eternity, darkness as opposed to wisdom and knowledge, and forebodes the confusion and folly of the idolaters and followers of the beast. It is opposed to pleasure and joy and signifies anguish and vexation of spirit. So the beast is what we would call Satan, and so those that follow them, follow him will be basically uh, destroyed and tormented. And of course, hell goes on forever, so they'll be tormented forever for those that go there. Chapter, uh, chapter 16, verses 12 through 16. This probably shows the destruction of the Turkish power and of idolatry, and that a way will be made for the return of the Jews, or take it for 
for Rome as mystical Babylon, the name of Babylon being put for Rome, which was meant but was 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 not then to be directly named. When Rome is destroyed, her river and merchandise must suffer with her, and perhaps a way will be opened for the eastern nations to come into the Church of Christ, the great dragon will collect all his forces to make, and again, the dragon is, that's another symbolic emblem of Satan, mm -hmm. um, to make one desperate struggle before all be lost. God warns of this trial to engage his people to prepare for it. These will be times of great temptations. Therefore, Christ, by his apostle, calls on his Profess servants to expect his sudden coming and to watch that they might not be put to shame as apostates or hypocrites. And so apostates are those that are false. Or you could say, I mean, some of the stuff you want to look up. But basically it just means uh, that you're preaching false, a false doctrine or false Bible, however you want to look at it. Or hypocrisies, you know what that is. However, Christians differ as to their views of the times and seasons of events yet to be brought to pass. On this one point, all are agreed. Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, will suddenly come again to judge the world. To those living near to Christ, it is an object of joyful hope. And expectation and delay is not desired by them. Chapter 16, verses 17 through 21. The seventh and last angel poured forth his vial, and the downfall of Babylon was finished. The church, triumphant in heaven, saw it and rejoiced. The church in conflict on earth saw it and became triumphant. God remembered the great and wicked city, though for some time he seemed to have forgot, forgotten her idolatry and cruelty. All that was most secure was carried away by ruin. the ruin. Men blasphemed the greatest judgments that could befall men, will not bring them to repentance without the grace of God. To be hardened against God by his righteous judgments is a certain token of sure and utter destruction. And that ends chapter 16. So, and that is, so, so Matthew Henry explains here. Remember, remember, Matthew Henry lived in the 1700 era. Um, but that just, Shows you because they studied the Word of God. They all were taught from the time they were uh, young children Hebrew and Greek because the Bible was important to them. And it needs to be back important to us where we start teaching our children that way. And mostly everybody was homeschooled at that time. You know, I mean, there was no like regular school. They were, uh, there were probably were some places you could go, but most, most of the wealthy families would. Um, like around the, you know, from, I guess, 15, 16, or 15, 1600s, or the 1600s to 1700s, whatever, they, like, if they were, you know, well-to-do, were well-off, they would usually hire someone who had that knowledge. Usually they would hire a reverend to come in that had studied, you know, possibly went to school or studied under somebody, whatever the case may be, and then they would pay them to, to teach the children, you know. It wasn't until later on, like where they started to have like a, a community schools and all like that. And even then, that was part of the curriculum. Uh, they didn't start taking, start removing Christianity and the Bible out until like the early 20th century, around 1920, I believe it was, 
when they they had like a a school superintendent or whatever and and he thought he knew better than God and so he started doing these things and look what we have today what a mess okay so let me give you some resources first I'm going to give you some scripture verses John chapter 6 verses 44 and 65 the NIV no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last days. In verse 65, he went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Romans chapter 5, verse 10, NIV. For if, a, oh, for if while we were God's enemies, we were Recounseled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Mm -hmm. And here's one of my favorite uh, verses here, Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 26, the NIV. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. Verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Verse 26, what, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Romans chapter 3, verse 19, NIV. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. And I want to read something from Matthew chapter 11. And this is one of my favorites also, chapter 11. Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. Uh, here we go. This is 11 right now. Let me see. Oh, here we go. This is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. Yep. And Jesus is talking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And that's a fact. And this is not a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm going to read the salvation scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, the King James Version. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised you from the dead, that shall be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made of salvation, unto salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, the King James Version. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version. So, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, why do we do this, and why do people sacrifice, and why do we come forward? Because uh, I do this voluntarily. I don't get paid for this or anything like that. And um, so I just do this because I love people and I want to see as many people hear the word of God and those that are called will be drawn to him. You know, those who will accept him will be drawn to him. And so, so because God gave us command to go out into the world and 
teach and baptize. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, so let's go into the Ten Commandments. Um, let's see. Let's see where you stand according to the Ten Commandments, which is what we're going to be judged by. Let's see. Uh, the ninth, the ninth commandment: You shall not bear false witness, or means you shall not lie. We all have lied, whether it was as a child, whatever. But we still lie. People lie. If, if you tell an untruth, or say even if you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, and you don't. Oh, you don't tell the truth, you, you say something else that you know you don't believe, then you commit a lie. Remember, God's standards are high and ours is extremely low. We accept everything, but God does not. Remember, we got to go God's way. He doesn't go our way. We got to go His way because He's righteous and He's holy and He's mighty and He's the judge of the universe. And He knows all things and created us, so He knows us. So that's why we have to come humbly like a child. So we all have lied. What do you call someone that lies? A liar. The Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal. Have you ever borrowed anything? Or, you know, even if it was a paperclip or a pen, didn't bring it back, or you borrowed something, didn't bring it back, whatever, that's stealing. And what do you call someone that steals? A thief. We've all done stuff like that. You sh uh, the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. You go, well, I, you know, most of you say, I haven't murdered. Some have, I'm not, whatever. But but Jesus says, if you hate somebody, then you've already committed murder in your heart if you hate someone. So that's three commandments right there. The seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And people say, well, I haven't done that, really? Well, according to, to Jesus, if you look at another person with lust, you've already committed adultery in your mind and your heart. You see, we look at it as, oh, no, we're good, you know, or whatever. No, not really, because when we be honest and we look at it, no, we have broken all the commandments. And the Bible says if you break one of these commandments, you're guilty of all of them. So we're all guilty. That's why Jesus came, because we could not save ourselves. We, You can't buy it. You can't earn it. It's a free gift of God because Jesus came over 2,000 years ago and walked this planet, was born. He took human form, still God, but, but in human form, and came, and he came as a baby and grew up and obeyed his parents and my dad. He was perfect in all things, never sinned. And then he did his ministry for three and a half years where he told the gospel, which means the good news, which means if we humble ourselves and repent as a child and surrender our life to Jesus Christ, we can go to heaven through him because he is now the bridge. Before there was no bridge, the bridge was out and there was no way to get across to heaven. But now, but Jesus came and he walked three and a half years and he allowed the wicked religious people to take him. They gave him to the Romans who whipped him with a whip and the Romans were very cruel so their whips had a piece of metal and bone so it would rip your skin apart and you could see your bones and blood would be flying everywhere and then they make you then they would make a cross and they make you carry this big giant wood because you know, they're like um, trees that had been trimmed so you carry this big old tree and stuff across your back after you already lost blood so you can't really do it now 
And then by the time you get, then he puts you on this hill, and then he threw you to the ground on, on top of this wood, put nails in your hands and feet, and put you where you'd have to stand up to breathe. That was part of their punishment, part of their torture. So as you got weaker and weaker, you would suffocate and die. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But see that, and like if you were still living, they'd stick a, like a, a spear in your side or whatever, make sure you were dead or died or whatever. And we see, Jesus gave up his ghost. He died before they even got around to him. And um, and right before he, he gave up his, his the ghost that said, you know, his life, he said, it is finished, was meant. He paid the price for us. The one holy price before, in the Old Testament, the Jewish leaders and all the Jewish people, they had to sacrifice animals all the time for their sins. And then they had one big giant sacrifice once a year for all that. But but that wasn't, but you would have to keep doing that forever and ever. And so Christ came to be the one-time perfect sacrifice that would appease the God of the universe. And this is why we have to go through God's way, not our own way, because our own way will lead us to hell. And that's why I have to come as a child. you got to come by faith believing. And it's just like that. If I were you, if you're not where you need to be, I'd, I'd ask God to come humbly before God and ask God to forgive you of your sins and transfer the, the trust from yourself to Christ alone. Just like if you're in a plane about to crash, somebody gives you a parachute. That parachute is going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from judgment, the judgment to come. But you got to go God's way. Everybody likes to go their own way. Nope, got to go God's way. There's only one way. So, that's what I would do. I would repent, humble myself before God. You know, that's what I would do. Let me give you some resources. All these you can find on YouTube and Rumble, or some on Rumble, most, mostly on YouTube. That's Vody Bakum. Uh, Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. So I'm giving so they're on YouTube and I'm giving you the websites. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, answersingenesis.org, Wallbuilders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com. And he gives you uh, mostly American uh, uh, Christian history, but other history too. Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. Uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apologio Studios, and you can. Also listen to them on Apple Podcasts, and I would advise you go to their website, ApologiaStudios.com with Jeff Durbin. And if you go there now, they've changed the site. It's even easier to work with. You can go on there, and they have a list. And if you click on to uh, Dr. Uh, Greg Bonson or Bonson U, Bonson University, he was a great uh, Christian professor, uh, Bible professor, uh, he's died now, but the family took all of his recordings and gave it and had donated to to Jeff Durbin, Apology of Studios, so they've remastered it and everything. And now you can literally get a free seminary education if you want to know as much as possible. And Jeff Durbin has a lot of teachings up there too that's really, really good. Okay, and if you would like to correspond with us, it is all lowercase Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. And we do have a new website now. You know, it's not a fancy one, it's just a basic free website. But you can, you know, click on it or you just put it in the search engine. And that is five 
lowercase d, lowercase b, lowercase e, 1182, lowercase e, 5831 dot site, S-S-I-T-E, and that's all lowercase, or small letters, 123 dot me. And it should be at the bottom of whether it's on um, podcasts or YouTube Rumble. You'll see it on there. And also, if you would like to donate, there is a um, there's a link there to um, oh, you can um, you can like pay. You know, if you want to donate something, you can. There's a link there. And you can either copy and paste it and put it on your search engine, or it, it may let you just click on it. And, and that's uh, PayPal. That's just to help us keep going. But you don't have to. It's totally voluntary if the Lord moves you to do it. Um, and also, you can find us on uh, Rumble, YouTube, and and here's all the different uh, podcast platforms you can find us on. Listen Notes, Luminary Podcast, Player FM, uh, HeliumRadio.com, Helium Radio Network, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G-Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and others. And also, you can find us on Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, and Gab. Here's some more good teachers. That'll be Doug Wilson, Gary Lamar, um, Dr. R.C. Sproul with Ligonier Ministries, L-I-G-N-O-N, um, excuse me, Ligonier, L-I-G-O-N-E-N-I-E-R Ministries. Uh, of course, Dr. Willie Bauckham on YouTube and on Search Engine. Dr. James White is on YouTube and with Apology of Studios. Pastor Joel Webbin with Right Response Ministries. And again, Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apology of Studios. And here's a little bit more information. Um, here's some places you can buy used and used books. Depending on what you like. I buy a lot of used books. A lot of them are in good shape. Uh, Ava Books. A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S, Thrift Books, Amazon, and Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S. And, and there's a lot of other ones, too. You can just put in what you're looking for on Google or the search engine, whatever, and it'll pop up a lot of those that are selling it. Here's, an, um, here's another um, resource. You, gotta, you can put in your search engine, TCT Network, and go to... On-demand programming and go to Faith and History with William Federer. He's fantastic. He gives you all of church history, around the world, America, the whole thing. And it is so fascinating. He knows so much. It's amazing. He makes it, and he's really good. He makes it interesting. Really does. There used to be another one there that taught um, the Old Testament, and that's Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Doc, and, um, but it took him off. But you can still find him on YouTube. That's Rabbi Daniel Lappin and Susan Lappin, his wife. And you can find him on YouTube. And also you can go to his website, RabbiDanielLappin.com. And on there they have um, they also have a blog written by his wife, Susan Lappin. And they sometimes teach together. It's really good. It's really good. You know, I mean, you know, he's the main teacher and she just kind of assists a little bit. But it's very interesting. It's very fascinating. So, till the next time. Remember, read your Bible daily without fail and do what it says.